thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at newsongplymouth.church. It is the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. That being said, are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? We're, we're really not, this is not really a series as much as it is just one sermon that's spread over two weeks that we've called Overbooked. And, and it's, about, it's about those of us in this room that are just absolutely exhausted. We live life exhausted. And, and I used to live like that. I don't live like that anymore. I, I found a better way to live life. And I, I knew everybody that if I lived life the way I used to live life, that I would not last in ministry. And, and I found out that, that I'm, I'm at my best when I am rested. When I am rested, I am at my best. And I promise you, you're at your best when you're rested too. So, so when you're exhausted, you're not at your best. When you're exhausted, your emotions in control, you're, you're going to say things that you don't want to say, think things that you don't want to think, do things that you don't want to do. But when you're rested, life is just better, and you're a better person. And in fact, the Bible teaches us that we're supposed to live a life of rest. So if you're exhausted, I want to tell you something. That's not the life that God has for you. It's not the life that he wants you to live. He wants you to live a life at rest. So last week, if you did not hear that sermon, go back and listen to the podcast because it's life-changing stuff as we just set the foundation for living a life of rest. And today is going to be the second part of that sermon overbooked as we just talk about the application of living a life at rest. And I want to share with you some scripture uh, before we go any further. The first one from Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you, and we ask God, we ask God to give you complete knowledge. That's the first thing, complete knowledge of his will, and to give you spiritual wisdom, Second thing, and understanding, third thing. So remember last week, before we go any further, um, remember last week we said that, that uh, there are weeds that we needed to pull in our life, right? We said, we said, if you're living life where you're being pulled in all directions, that actually you need to reverse that and you need to be the one to do the pulling. There are some weeds in your life that you need to pull out, and those weeds were doubt and, and deception and discontentment. and and here we find again, now you pulled those three weeds out of your life, but we need to replace them now. And we replace them with, according to Colossians chapter one, we replace them with complete knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then watch this, if you do that, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. So you're gonna live the life that God wants you to live and you will produce every kind of good fruit. So you're gonna... You're going to live a life of increase. You're going to live a life of harvest. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So you're going to, you're going to learn and, and know God more. You're going to learn from him and know him more. And I'm going to teach you one thing. There's one sermon point today. I know I'm going to give you a lot of information along the way, but this is the one thing I want you to remember, that as we live our lives, especially in America, that the prize, the prize, whatever you're aiming for, the prize is not out there. The, the prize is actually Jesus in me. That's the prize. He's the prize. Jesus in me. Jesus in me. But let me say it this way, new song. That whatever out there is, that we live our life exhausted oftentimes because we're trying to achieve, we're trying to win what's out there. Well, if I have that, if my kids look like that, if my kids go here, if my kids go there, if they learn this, if they look like this, if they dress like this, if they act like this, <coughs> I could go on and on about that. If I had this, if I had that, if my husband had this, if my, my wife had that, if my husband looked like this, if my wife looked like that, if I look like, I mean, we just go on and we always think the prize is out there. And then what happens in life is that we just, we become exhausted by pursuing the wrong things. And the prize is not out there. The prize is actually Jesus in me. But like I already have the prize. In fact, in, to some regard, I, I've already won the race. Now, 
I'm still running the race, I, but I know I'm going to win because I have Jesus in me. And I'm gonna be victorious. That's what the Bible says. Like victory is ahead. And I know it because Jesus is in me. So we live this life focused on the wrong thing with the wrong priorities and the wrong routine because we don't have our life in order. And, and if you're exhausted today, let, let me tell you something. If you live an exhausted life and you're being pulled in all directions, your life is out of order. And I mean that literally. It is out of order. You're not living life the way that you're meant to live life. You're just not. God, let me say it this way. God is not happy. If you're living an exhausted life, that is not God's will for you. In fact, Jesus confronts that mindset. He confronts the exhaustion that we face, and he does it in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. <coughs> Sorry for the coughing. And I'm going to read this out of the message because I just love how this reads. Are you tired? Let's just stop right there. New song. Are you tired? Are you just worn out? Are, are you sick of being pulled in every direction? Are you, are you sick of being so busy but not accomplishing anything? Are you sick of always having to do stuff, always going somewhere, but never getting the job done, never feeling like you actually accomplished anything? Because you go home and, it's, and your house is still a wreck and your kids still aren't taken care of and your husband is still asking for things or your wife is still asking for things. You're like, I am just so tired. I am so worn out. Jesus says, are you tired? He's asking, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. He says, get away with me and you'll recover your life because the life that you're living right now isn't really life. It's not the life that I have for you. And if you just come to me, you'll actually re recover your life, the life that you were meant to live. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, Jesus says, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Okay, everybody, everybody, if you're exhausted, if you're tired, if you're worn out, here's, here's, what, here's what you gotta do. You have to pursue Jesus first. You have to go to Jesus. And what's so difficult about this is because we're being pulled in so many directions, oftentimes Jesus is the last one we get to. Like you go throughout a whole day and you're laying at night and you're like, oh man, I haven't even prayed today. I didn't even open up my Bible today. Can I tell you why? Your life is out of order. And Jesus says, I know, I see it. I know you're exhausted. Now would you just come to me? Would you just come to me and learn from me? And, and, learn, and, and learn, I love how, how he says this, the unforced rhythms of grace. I want to teach you how to live a better life. But, but New Song, let's not get it wrong. The prize is not out there. The prize is Jesus in me. Like Jesus is our prize. He's our priority. And everything that we, need, that we do in this life needs to be based around our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, knowledge of his word. And I'm going to teach you some things that are going to be life-changing. If you want to live a real life of rest, then obviously, obviously pursue Jesus first. And then I'm going to teach you four things that I got from Larry Stockstill a long time ago. And, and so these are going to be his points with my details, if that makes sense. So, so the points are his. The, the four things I'm going to give you, those come from him. But the rest of it is just me and the things that I've learned over life. And I'm going to be very transparent with you before I go any further. Because I have struggled in this area in my life. I, I've lived my life to the point of exhaustion. I lived my life to the point of just giving up. I lived my life to the point of, and I just can't do it for another day. And, and I'll tell you, I was so tired that I was giving, I was allowing the devil to have a, to have a foothold in my life, the Bible says. And I was tempted with the idea of just, of just giving up ministry, 
because of how tired I was. And I, I realized it wasn't, it wasn't your fault. It, it wasn't the ministry's fault. It was my fault because I just didn't have the right order in my life. I didn't have the right, I wasn't living in wisdom. I wasn't living in knowledge according to the word of God. Let me say it like this, everybody. In fact, this is what God revealed to me. This is, I'm just being transparent with you. <coughs> that God, God taught me that I actually got to the point in my life where I loved doing things for God more than I loved being with God. That I felt more significant when I was doing things for God than I felt than being than just being with God, and I I have I have been taught that and I've responded to that and said, Father, I just want to be with you first. I want to know you first, and I want everything in my life to come out of my relationship with you and my love for you. But isn't it isn't it easy to feel significant because of the things that we do for God? instead of feeling significant just from being with God. And if you find your significance in doing stuff, let me say it this way, if you find your significance in doing instead of being, you have things out of order. Because my significance is found in being a child of God before I ever have to do anything, before I ever, let me say it this way, before I ever get to do anything for God. My significance is not based upon my doing any longer. My significance is based upon who I am. It's based upon my being, child. So my relationship with my father is first in my life. Now, do I, do I, do I sometimes slip back into the doing? Absolutely. And this is a battle in, throughout, I really believe, throughout the course of our lives that we'll constantly have to reset our priorities and make sure that we're just, oh, you know what? I need to reboot. You ever have to do that with your electronics? Uh, you know what? I uh, just got to reboot. This is not working right. Sometimes in my life, I've looked at it and said, uh-oh, not working right. I'm starting to get tired. I'm starting to get exhausted. I'm starting to get overwhelmed. I need to reboot here. I need to go back to what I know works. I need to go back to the will of God for my life. And I'm gonna teach it to you that the will of God for my life in this area is also the will of God for you in your life. Are you ready for this? Write these things down. The letter R stands for routine. Routine. How to live a life of rest. You need a routine. You need to create it and maintain it. You need to create it and maintain it. In fact, if you are exhausted right now, I don't want you to go back home and adjust your routine. I want you to go back home and destroy your routine and replace it with something that's brand new. And I'm gonna teach you today what's, what's important in your routine. Okay, so follow me here, follow me here. Your routine has to be sustainable. It has to be something, this, this is so practical, new song, hang with me here. Your, your routine has to be so sustainable. It can't last just for a week or two weeks or a month or, or three months. It has to last every single day for the rest of your life. It needs to be sustainable. You need to know the routine. In fact, if you're married, I would, I would challenge you as husband and wife, you need to have routines that work in alignment with each other. So my wife and I have routines and she knows every single day of the week what my day holds. And I know every single day of the week what her day holds. If you ask me what she's doing on a Tuesday, I can tell you why. Because I know her routine. We have created routines and we maintain those routines. Because routines create balance in your life. Am I helping you here so far? Routines create balance in your, in your life. If you don't have a routine, you, would, you do not have balance. How do you create and maintain a routine? Well, you create it based upon priorities. Write that down. Priorities create the routine. Because if you don't have priorities, what you'll end up doing is living your life majoring on the minor. But you don't want to major on the minor. Minor stuff is just minor stuff. You need to focus on what's major. What's, the, what's, the major, what's of major importance in your life? First and foremost, it has to be your relationship with God. First and foremost, we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? 
First and foremost, it's our relationship with our Lord. That, that takes priority. Uh, your relationship with God should not be the last thought of your day. It should be the very first thought of your day and the last thought of your day. You see what I'm saying? It should be priority in your life. And so I've set some priorities in my life. My wife has the same priorities, and they are simple. Uh, the, the three priorities, God, family, others. God, family, others. God, family, others. If you want to break it down even more, in my life, it's God, my wife, my children, others. For my wife, it's God, my husband, children, others. My wife comes before my children. Uh, um, husbands, listen to your pastor. Your wife wants you to put her in front of your children. I promise you that. And, and ladies, listen to your pastor. Your husband wants you to put him in front of your children. Why? Multiple reasons. First of all, the husband and wife, you are not one with your children. You are one with your spouse. The Bible never said that you are one with your children. <laughs> he only said you're one with your spouse. In fact, he said one of these days, your, your children need to leave and cleave to somebody else. Amen? How, how many, I'm not gonna ask how many have children in your house that you want them to leave and cleave to somebody else. I'm not gonna ask that, but... But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like you are not one with your children. You are one with your spouse. Therefore, my wife comes first. My wife's needs come first. Yeah, but my children give me a really hard time about it. So? Well, that means I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say no to my children. Yeah, so? My children are gonna get mad. So? Let me add to that. So what? Who cares? Like children get mad. Have you ever noticed that? Let me say it like this. You're not going to be able to stop your child from getting mad. Can I tell you something even more? The more you spoil your child, the more mad they're going to be. Have you ever noticed that? The more you say yes to a child, the more angry your child is going to be. Oh, that's good. All of you older people say, preach it. Oh, you're like, I don't, I'm not old. I'm not going to say nothing. I know what you're doing. God, your spouse, your children, Others, and I know there's a lot of people in this room saying, hey, what about me? What, what, where am I in that, though? Where am I in that? I'll tell you where you are in that. And I'm gonna get to it. It's the last point. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be called the Sabbath. That's where you are in that. That you are going, in, in the schedule, I'm gonna teach you that you are going to give yourself a, priority, a, a place of priority in the schedule. But, but that's what we're gonna get to in a second. Okay, so hang with me. So, so now, because of that, everybody, uh, I, have daily, I have a daily schedule, I have a weekly schedule, I have a monthly schedule, and I have a yearly schedule. I have a daily routine, a weekly routine, a monthly routine, and a yearly routine. So every day, my wife knows what I'm doing, I know what she's doing. She knows when I'm gonna be home, I know when she's gonna be home. She knows when I'm gonna be gone, I know when she's gonna be gone, because we have a routine. So, so this is how it works. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. She knows I'm going to be working. I know what she's going to be doing. Some days, those, some of those days she's going to be working. Some of those days she's going to be at the school. Some of those days she's going to be at home. On Friday, my wife and I spend every Friday while the kids are in school. This is our routine. This is not yours. It's ours. Every Friday while our children are at school, my wife and I are having a date day. That means I don't schedule anything on Fridays. I don't do, let me say it this way, I don't do anything that has to do with the church on a Friday unless it's an emergency. And the reason, because my wife comes before others. Now, do you think that that's hurt my relationship with my wife or helped my relationship? Oh, it helps. And she loves it when I put her in front of others. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you out. And then we have a family day. We have a day where it's just family. But then we have the Lord's Day too, and I'll, I'll teach you that here in a second. And we just have a daily routine. We have a weekly routine. We have a monthly routine. And that means there are certain things that every month we do that we just know this month we're gonna have to do it. And at some point, one of the routines, is gonna, one of the routines for the day is gonna have to change in order to, to accomplish that one thing that has to be done that one month. 
okay? Those are for bigger things, and that depends month by month. But then we have a yearly routine, and the yearly routine is every single year we go on a family vacation. Every single year. And if you say, boy, I haven't been on a family vacation in like five years or 10 years, can I tell you something? Shame on you. Shame on you. For, for multiple reasons. First of all, um, you need to rest. You need to rest. And for those of you who go on vacation and say, wow, I need a vacation from my vacation, shame on you too. Because when, when, when we go, we learned, we used to go on vacation and every day it was like, man, we're going to go all day to Disney World. And then the next day, we're going to go all day to Disney World. The next day, we're going to go all day at the pool. And then the next day, we're going to go all day this. And we would come home and we're like, oh, we're exhausted. Well, that's not accomplishing what needs to be accomplished in our life, right? And we found out, we looked at it, we're like, we're doing that for the kids. And, and then we decided, hey, we got to balance that. There are thir- certain things that we're going to do for our children on vacation, but there are, are other things that we're going to do for us because our children aren't necessarily the ones needing rest, especially in the middle of the summer. It's mom and dad who needs the rest, right? So we have rules on our vacation. First of all, we go. And second of all, we sleep in every day. Every day. And it's it's glorious, everybody. It's wonderful. What, what, and the kids say, what are we going to do tomorrow? Sleep in. That's our answer every day, sleep in. And then, and then we don't fill our vacation days. We still go out and do lots of stuff, but we make sure, my wife and I make sure that when we're on vacation, when we come back, we are rested when we come back. Why? Because we know that we are at our best when we are at rest. And I have to get rest. If I don't, I'm a grumpy man. And, and you, wouldn't like, you wouldn't like me as a pastor being a grumpy man. I would make a terrible pastor. So I have to get some rest. That means, everything, everybody, that we don't live our vacations for our children. We live our vacations for our benefit and still allowing our children to have lots of fun. In fact, the memories that you create, your, your, your child's favorite memories will not be meeting Mickey Mouse. Your, child, your child's favorite memory will be the ones that he makes or she makes with you doing something just off the cuff. So, so we're on vacation. We might not have very many plans. In fact, most of our vacations, uh, uh, um, we try to spend very little money. We always come back with money in our pocket. We're weird like that. We don't go into debt for vacations. We save up for them. And then when we go, we try to come back with money in our pockets. And we do every single time. But what's cool is we'll be driving down the road and my sons will look out the window and say, Dad, we got to climb that. Guess what dad does? I pull over. Let's go climbing, boys. And we climb it. My wife says, I can't look. I can't look. Okay, don't look because we're going up that thing, right? How many, how, many know what I, how many know what I'm talking about? Like, come on, guys. Isn't that, don't you remember those things as a child? And don't you know that your, your boys remember those things? And, and it's the same thing with girls. Like, my wife will say, all right, you guys go climbing today. Me and Gracie and Delight, we're going to go to the pool. I don't want to go to the pool. Boys, you want to go to the pool? No, we don't want to go to the pool. Let's go climb some stuff, you know? Like, let's get out there. And, 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 and so we still have lots of fun with them, and, and we still go out and do activities and have, have fun, but, but we rest, we rest, we rest. And we just enjoy spending time together. My kids love being with me, and they love being with their mom because we have a great time together, but we found out that we don't have to spend $10,000 on vacation in order to have fun. That the greatest time that we have is when we're just together. Everybody get that? You say, so I don't have any money. I don't care. Have a staycation. Be creative with it and have fun. Enjoy your time together as a family. So you need a routine. You need a routine. God, family, others. God, family, others. Others are important, and others need to be a part of your routine. New song? You should have it in your routine that every single week you're serving somebody else. I'm gonna say that again. You should have it in your routine that every week you are serving somebody else. It should be routine for you. Am I saying that clearly? It should be routine for you. Why? 
First of all, we love God with everything that's within us. And second of all, we love our neighbors, don't we? That's what the Bible says. If you love God and you love your neighbors, you're going to be okay. You know, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, let us do good to all people. But watch this. Especially, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let me ask you a question. What is in your routine in which you are doing something especially good for the family of believers, for the church? Do you have something in your routine where every week you're doing something special for a member of the family of God? And if that's not in your routine, you have the wrong routine and you need to change some things. Trying to help you. Why is that? Because you'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve somebody else. Because if you don't learn to serve somebody else, you'll be living for yourself. And that's the wrong way to live life. Just the wrong, wrong way to live life. I'm telling you, what I'm teaching you this morning is golden. This stuff is golden. This, this stuff is, talk about nuggets from heaven. This is wisdom. Serving others needs to be part of your Routine, letter E, for rest. Emotions, you got to manage them. You got to manage them. Many people, what I found out is many people are restless. <laughs> they're restless. And they're restless because of their emotions. Their emotions are out of whack. And so the first one, we talk about priorities, God, family, others. Now we're going to talk about perspective with your emotions, perspective. You, you need to have, you, you need to put things in perspective, in the right perspective. Meaning this, you need to, to focus primarily on that which is eternal. That which is eternal. That's why the, pride, the, the, the greatest prize that you can have is not out there, it's Jesus in me, it's Jesus in you. I'm eternal. My relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's eternal, so that needs to take priority. The relationship that the people around you have with Jesus uh, those are eternal relationships, and that person sitting next to you is eternal. That's why they need to have priority. Your family is eternal. Your children will live forever. And so what you invest in, in, in yourself and what you invest in, in your family and what you, you invest in others, it's of utmost importance. In fact, it's of utmost priority because those, those things, those people are eternal. But the stuff that we often fight for, that we often get exhausted over, are temporary. Why are we becoming exhausted over temporary things? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And so you need to change your perspective. Things that you thought were important, I guarantee you this, I guarantee you this. For, and uh, many of you, if not most of you, could, can attest to this. The things that you used to think were important when you were a teenager in your 20s, you've realized they're not so important now, are they? Like, you, have, you ever, have you ever heard somebody, I, I've, I have been in the room of somebody passing away multiple times, and I've never, I've never had somebody lean into me and say, oh, pastor, come here, come here. There's just one thing I regret. I always wanted a 67 Camaro. You know, not one person has ever told me that before. Not one person has ever brought up their, their favorite car or their favorite house or their favorite outfit or their favorite whatever on their deathbed. You know what they're talking about? Their relationship with the Lord and their relationship with others. That's what they talk about. And you need to keep that in perspective. You need to keep it in perspective and manage your Emotions. Let me, let me say it like this, everybody. When you're managing your emotions, you need to put margin in your schedule because if you don't build margin into your schedule, you're going to be an emotional wreck because you're going to be tired. You're going to be super tired. You're, you're gonna, if, if you allow yourself to be pulled from one thing to another, you're going to be a very emotional person because you're exhausted. Exhausted. Let, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, but I'm not. That exhausted people are emotional people. Have you ever noticed that? 
Okay, there's two. Every time we go, every time, every time we go on a mission trip, when people, because it's tiring, it's exhausting, and we, so we go on a mission trip, and somebody gets really, really tired, and I mean they're exhausted tired, to the point where we have to tell them, you need to just stay home today, you stay, stay back at the compound and just rest, because you're too tired to go out. And they'll do one of two things. <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying. Well, I do. You're, you're an emotional wreck because you're exhausted. Or else they do this. <laughs> at things that are not funny. I'm looking at some of you in this room saying, I've seen some of you do that. So tired. You know, I better not say this. I was going to use some personal examples, but I won't. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But there are some people in this room that when you get tired, you don't, you're not a crybaby. You're the person that just laughs at the drop of a hat, and you think everything is funny. And you're an emotional wreck because you're exhausted. And you need to build margin into your routines, into your schedule. That way, you can manage your emotions. Everybody with me so far? You need to build margin in it. Let, let me tell you how I do this. You know how I manage my emotions in ministry. Um, there, there are certain nights of the week that I meet with church people. And there, there are always, every single week, guaranteed, there are, are at least, at least five nights a week that I am not with people. I'm only with my family. And I'm doing that because I'm managing my emotions. Trying to help you out here. So, so people, oftentimes, they can't come in when I'm in the office because they're working, and so they need to come in in the evening. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I know that that's part, of my, that that's part of my calling. It's part of my job. And so I'll say, hey, th this is the night a week, this week, that I'm available to, to, to meet with you. And for instance, I, I schedule everybody that I can on a Wednesday night because I know my teenagers are going to be here at youth ministry. And by the way, if your teenagers don't need to, are not coming to youth ministry, they need to, because they can have, they're, they're having life-changing experiences here at uh, New Song. And I'm proud of Pastor Josh and, and Matt. They're doing a great job. And our kids are faithful. Every Wednesday, they're here. And, and as my kids are here, I know that my kids are not going to be at home. They're going to be here. So therefore, it's just a great night. It's a natural night for me to be here to meet with people. But now on a Tuesday night, I'm, I'm managing my schedule, I'm, and I'm managing my emotions by saying, hey, on Tuesday night is when I'm not going to meet with people. That's a family night. That's when I'm at home with my family. And I, I might be available for a text or a phone call or something like that, especially for emergencies, but I also do other things. So I try my very best not to schedule anything on a Tuesday night. I'm just giving you an example. I'll do that on Wednesday nights because that, that's the night I'm available to all, the, all of you church people, all, all, all of my family members that are outside of my immediate family, if that makes sense. But on Tuesday night, I'm, I'm, managing, I'm managing my emotions by managing my time. So that means at 9 o'clock at night, my wife and I have a rule. In order to manage our emotions, I don't answer my phone after 9 o'clock at night. Yes, I saw, it, I saw that a text came in. Yes, I heard it ringing. I just didn't answer it. And the reason I didn't answer it, everybody, is, is because... If, if, I, if I hear troubling news at 9 o'clock at night, I'm not going to be able to sleep well that night. I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to be thinking, because I love you guys so much, when you hurt, I hurt. When you're struggling, I struggle. And, and I, I have found out that I, I wish, I hope I can, I hope I'm wording this the right way. That, that also, that takes me away from being the father and the husband that I need to be. Because at 9 o'clock at night, that's when my kids are starting to go to bed. That's when we have family devotions and family prayer time. And we're talking about our days. We're talking about what needs to happen tomorrow. And that's just family time. And so when I get phone calls and texts and things like that, that's interrupting. It's interrupting my priorities, which is God, family, and then others. Everybody see that? Now, if it's an emergency, I'm going to pick up. Or, or if, it's, if it's somebody saying, hey, so, you know, they just took mom to the hospital. And, and they text that or they leave a voicemail for me and say, hey, they just took mom to the hospital. You got to know, I'm going to pick up that phone and I'm going to call them back and I'm going to tell my kids, hey, guys, this is an emergency. Somebody needs me and, and I'm off to the hospital. You see what I'm saying, everybody, right? 
But what I found out is most people, just hang with me here, most people are not texting me and calling me at 9 o'clock at night because of an emergency. What they're doing is they just sit down themselves, and then it hits them. Oh, you know what? I forgot to tell Pastor Justin so-and-so. That so-and-so did this. Or, oh, I forgot to tell him that I did this. Or I forgot to tell him that. And so they're, they're texting me at 9 o'clock at night, and all of a sudden I'm working at 9 o'clock at night instead of being with my family. And then I'm angry at you. Because why are you texting me that when you could have texted me that during the day? Why are you texting me at 9.30 at night when you had all day to contact me? Why are you contacting me now? Pastors aren't good pastors when they're angry. So I need to manage that. Everybody see what I'm saying? Everybody see it? And, and what I'm doing is I'm making sure that I'm giving you my best by managing my emotions. I'm still being available for the emergencies, but I'm taking everything that's not an emergency, I'm holding that till the right time because I'm, I'm, I'm focused on my priorities, which is God, family, and then others, and then others. What, what, listen, new song, listen, 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 listen. Think about how awful it would be for me if I won a thousand people to Jesus, but I lost my own family. Would you want me to live like that? Would you want me to lose my family? Every single one of you say, Pastor, we would never want that. Thank you. Because now you released me to live life like I'm already living. Trolling my routine, managing my emotions. Everybody get me so far. Okay, I'm trying, I'm trying to help. And, and what I'm saying is, this is how I'm doing it. You need to do the same. At 9 o'clock at night, you need to shut off your phone. My wife and I, see, we, my wife and I have another rule. At 9.15, we think of things too. And she'll say, oh, should I text so-and-so? And I look at her and say, what time is it? No, it's after 9 o'clock. We can do that tomorrow. Because we're, we're trying to honor you. Everybody see what I'm saying, right? We, we just have rules in our life. When we go on vacation, we don't talk about church. We just talk about family. That's just a rule. Why? Because I'm, I'm honoring my family first. And I'm guarding, guarding my emotions, and I'm guarding my family. Everybody with me so far? Okay, letter S. The Sabbath. Remember it. Remember it. The Sabbath. You got to remember it. Mark 2.27, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. What I'm going to teach you about this, as, as I've already told you that, we, that I live my life to focus on God, family, and others, and I know a lot of you are sitting there, well, what about me? What about me? What about me? Well, I'll tell you, for the person who says, what about me? You're the one that's probably exhausted. You're the one that probably needs to hear this the most. And, and what I do, everybody, and this, this needs to apply to you. I mean, you, you've just got to put this in your schedule. You have to put this in your schedule, that there is a day that's called the Sabbath, and God said, remember the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath, keep it holy. And then Jesus goes to the point of saying, hey, listen, do you think that the Sabbath was made just as another rule? No. In fact, this verse, what this verse is saying is, he's saying, this day is my gift to you. Use it. To do what, God? To rest. To rest. I just want you to, to rest. That's all I want. And if you don't take at least one day a week just to rest, you're not doing yourself any favors. Because you're at your best when you're at rest. So, what, what does that mean? That... I don't want you to get tied up in legalism concerning the Sabbath. What I want you to do, though, is choose one day a week and say, this is the one day that I'm just going to focus on God and I'm just going to rest. And, and, and a lot of you, a lot of you already put Sunday as that day. You know, you, you come to church, you say, you know what, Sunday, I'm just going to go to church. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to say, God, I just love you. You've been so good. Oh, you've been so faithful. I just worship you and honor you today. And I trust you with this week, Lord. I know it's all going to work out. I got a lot of things on my mind, but God, today I'm just choosing to trust in you. I honor you today. And today I just choose a day of rest. And you worship the Lord. You worship the Lord with other believers, and then you go home, 
and you could do one of the most godliest things that you could ever do, and that's just take a nap. And then you just watch football. How many are feeling me this morning? All right. Then you watch the Packers. Let me say it like that. Yeah. Doesn't get any better than that. How many know what I'm talking about, though? You say, well, where am I? God's saying, listen, I'm giving you a whole day a week just, just for you. So here's the, here's the deal. What, let me tell you what my wife and I do on our day of rest. Nothing. We don't do anything. Well, I, I got to cut the grass today. I don't. Because, see, I put that in my schedule. I put that in my routine on another day. So that way, when my day of rest comes, all I have to do is rest. And that's a day just for me. And if you're exhausted, if you're exhausted in this room, can I tell you something? You need to rest. Jesus himself said, I'm giving you this day as a gift. It's for you to rest. And when you're resting, think about the goodness of God. Think about his faithfulness. Honor him, glorify him, and rest, and just rest. You got to remember the Sabbath. The last one has to do with your thoughts. Write that down. Your thoughts, you got to conquer them. You got to conquer them. I'm ending with this. You got to have a routine. You got to create it and maintain it, and that's based upon priorities. You have to, to manage your emotions. That's based upon your perspective. You have to remember the Sabbath, and you got to conquer your thoughts. And I mean every thought that would come into you and would try to take away from the word of the Lord, from the wisdom that I'm teaching you today, from, from the word of God, and, and those thoughts that, that make you do things that you really don't want to do and shouldn't be doing, but you do them anyway because you think about what others are thinking. For, for instance, let me give you... Let me tell you what I mean by this. I'm going to just, just say it straight out. Ready? The problem with so many people in this room, you, you are exhausted because you haven't learned to say no. And one of the greatest things that you can do is learn the word no. And I know. Some of you, the moment that I'm saying that, you're like, yeah, but pastor, if I say no, then, oh, no, no, capture those thoughts. You capture those thoughts. Now you with me? Well, pastor, if I say no, then my boss, if I say no, then my spouse, then my wife, then my husband, then my children, if I say no, then, then they're going to think that I, and they're going to they're gonna wonder if I, and because everybody, pastor, you don't understand, everybody's expecting all of these things from me. And they're expecting all of those things from you because you've never said no. And so you have to say, no, just can't. Ken Brace taught me one of, the, one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned as a pastor. He said, now I, I word it differently than he does, but this is his wording. To the best of my knowledge, this is Ken's wording. He, he said he would look at people sometimes and say, your, your lack of planning is not my emergency. Your lack of planning is not my emergency. And I thought, boy, how true is that? Because if you're a pastor, a lot of people are, are banging on your door or, or calling your phone and saying, I got an emergency. I got Sometimes like, I'm getting evicted tonight. Well, when did you know about that? Like a month ago? Yeah. So you're calling me like three hours before you're about to get evicted? Your lack of planning, not my emergency. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, that, Pastor, that's cruel. Is it? Now, it doesn't mean we don't step in and help people. We obviously do. But what I found out is I, I, can either, I can either live my life 
in wisdom or I can live my life according to your expectations, which is also a miserable life. How many, know what, how many can raise your hand and say, Pastor, I know what you're saying is true. It hurts anyway, but it's true. Come on, everybody. How many know what I'm talking about? It's true. Because I don't, I don't want to live my life according to everybody's expectations. If I did that, I would never be with God. I would never be with my wife. I would never be with my children. I would not have my priorities in order. If I lived my life according to every request that was ever asked of me, I would lose my family. I would. Now, I, this, that's my role. I know it. I might not, you might not have the role that I have. I just know. If I, if I said yes to everybody who had an expectation of me, I would not be married right now. My wife already would have left me. I promise you that. Why? Because she wants me to choose her. And she deserves that, that I choose her. And, and husbands, dads, your wife and your children, they deserve for you to choose them. And wives, moms, your husband and your kids, they deserve for you to choose them over the other obligations that would distract you from what's really important in life. And I've just learned to say no. I've just learned to say no. Now, does that mean I always say no? No. See, this is such a hard thing to teach because there's so many scenarios. So there's a difference between I, what I've had to do is I've had to pay, place people in categories. And, and I've had to place people in, okay, what's an emergency and what isn't? And just because I'm saying no right now doesn't mean I'm not saying that, that, I'm, that I'm, it doesn't mean that I'm saying no for tomorrow. Hey, Pastor, can, I, know it's, I know it's 945 at night, but can we talk? Uh, actually, no, not right now. Well, I, I'll always ask him this. Is it an emergency? Well, not really. Why don't you call me tomorrow morning? You see how, I'm, I'm not really saying no, I'm just saying no right now, but yes, tomorrow morning. Yes, tomorrow morning. Everybody see how that works? And what I found out, if you do that the right way, and if you just say, hey, listen, you know what, I'm trying to manage my time, I'm trying to create a routine, I've not been spending as much time with my wife or as much, much time with my husband or my children or my family like I should, you know what, I've not been really serving others the way that I should, I've just been saying yes to everybody and I just have to stop for my own sanity, I just have to start saying no, would you please forgive me, but I'm just gonna have to bow out of this one. Can I tell you, people often look at you and say, oh, I wish I could do that. Can I tell you, I'm just being honest with you. Like people won't, won't get mad at you and if they, if they are getting mad at you, then they're probably using you to fix their own emergency. And their lack of planning is not your emergency. <laughs> Isn't that wise? Am I helping somebody? You've got to learn to say no to people that will distract you from living your best life. And you have to learn to say yes to the right thing at the right time. And if you need help with that, we're here for you. That's what we do. We help people. And again, there's so many scenarios. It makes it sound like I say no all the time, and that's just not true. I, in fact, my wife still, if you want to know the truth, my wife still tells me that I say yes too often. And, and, and I'm, st I'm still working through that because, again, not every request is the same. You understand that, right? It, it just, it's, a, it's an ongoing struggle, and I haven't got the whole thing totally figured out. I just know that I'm better than ever, and I'm more rested than ever. I'm not exhausted like I used to, but, but I've, I've, I've put some margins in my routine, and, and I've learned how to, how, to, how to help people understand that night, you know, right now is not going to work, but tomorrow will. I'll be there for you tomorrow. Or else if they need, if it is mercy, okay, I can be there right now. You know, when Kirk Tusky called on, on July 4th, and he said, hey, mom just went into cardiac arrest. My response was immediately, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Because that's an emergency. See what I'm saying? So you don't say no to everything. 
But if you're wise, you'll learn what to say no to and what to say yes to. That's what I'm helping you figure out today. If you need help with that, come and talk to me when I get back from Haiti. Come and talk to me and say, Pastor, I just need help. And I'll sit down with you. I'll go over your schedule. I'll help, I'll help create a schedule with you because I want you to live a success, successful life, a growing, productive life. I, 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 hope you, I hope you know that today. Today, I hope, is a day of deliverance for a lot of you here in this room. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, yes or no? All right, let's bow our heads in word of prayer. Heavenly Father, this word is from you to us for today. And I'm sure, Father, I could have presented it better. I'm sure I, I probably should have said some things that I didn't and maybe said things that I shouldn't have. I don't know. But I do know one thing, Lord, that you're able to take this message, the heart of this message, and instruct us and teach us when we submit ourselves to you. And when we ask for wisdom, Father, you say you're, you're very willing and able and generous with it, and you give us wisdom when we ask. And that's what we're asking for today. We just need wisdom to live our best life. And that is a life at rest. We are at our best when we are at rest. And help us, Lord, to, to create a routine that is effective, that's, that has the right priorities in place, that we manage our emotions and that we remember the Sabbath, that we capture those thoughts, we conquer those thoughts that are not from you. And Lord, for all of the people in this room that just has trouble saying no, and they know exactly who they are. They just have a hard time saying no. Father, I pray that, that you would give them wisdom on how to say no and when to say no and how to do so gracefully and lovingly, not, not in harshness. That's not what we're about. And I pray, Father, that they would be wise enough to take this serious, take the subject matter serious and to really look at their life and, and kind of push the reset button if they need to and just start again with what's most important and remind us above all things at all times, Lord, that the prize is not out there. Jesus, you are the prize. The prize is you in me, in us. So help us to seek you first, above all things, as we live for the glory of your name and for the benefit of others. We pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. As a church, it is our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to newsongplymouth.church to connect. Thank you for all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.